0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Premius, the down-to-earth Hasidus podcast. In today's shiur, we're going to explore a mimer of the Alter Rebbe in Torah Or, an amazing concept. Um, But before we get started, I would like to ask you uh, to also participate in this project. If you actually appreciate and enjoy these audios, you could um, share them with your family and friends, with anyone you think could benefit from this perspective. You can also rate it. Now, you could rate uh, podcasts on Spotify, so I would appreciate your honest rating. Um, and also, you can always contribute, even a minimal amount, to make sure they keep on coming out. All right, so uh, we know that in Parsha's Israel, we have Matantoiro, the giving of the Torah. It's a m- most important Major events in that defines us as Jews, and one of the most common questions we find in Chasides about this, uh, about the, the giving of the Torah, is that why was it necessary and why was it done with such big, uh, uh, such a big event with like you know like a lot of noise and big revelations and things. At the end, bottom line, what Hashem gave them. Were the Ten Commandments which are first of all simple mitzvahs and also like they already had them they, they were already keeping the mitzvahs from before it says about the ovois the, the, the forefathers that they wore a merkova like a chariot that goes wherever the driver like a car that goes wherever the driver um, wishes without having its own opinion and and the always were like perfectly doing Hashem's will, even before Matan Taylor, the word Tzaddikim and everything. And we kept it as a tradition. It was an extended family's tradition, we can call it. Then after been time, we became a nation. And we already had this. And we kept this tradition for years, hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden, we make a big official thing. Here are the mitzvahs. What's a special thing of that? giving of the mitzvahs what actually happened at that moment clearly what Hasidus is aiming at is that there was something much more than just giving you the law that already happened before in an oral way in a, through the the, the, the the Patriarch and through their teachings and the legacy but there was something else It wasn't just giving us the letter of the law there was a deeper connection there was a spiritual effect that took place at that moment and that's what the mimer comes to explain now in order to understand that we have to contrast it with what judaism basically was meant looked like before that what was the, the Yiddishkeit of the always? like when we say they did the mitzvah like clearly they didn't do the physical and literal part of it because like they wouldn't for example tell the story of coming out of Mitzrayim before Mitzrayim happened. They didn't sit and sit their Pesach table and say like, oh, in 200 years, our, our grandchildren uh, went out of Mitzrayim. <laughs> like future and past all together. But in other words, they were connected to the ruchnius, to the meaning, to the transcendence, to the spiritual idea of the mitzvahs. And in what way, in order to understand that, the Altareve brings that, it says about Abram, Ovinu, Abram o Yohoilech hanegvo. He kept on walking. It was a Abram walker, not Johnny. It was Abram. The one who was walking continuously, going up from Mitzrayim all the way to the Negev. Nowadays, in modern Hebrew, when you say going to the Negev, it means going south, because the Negev is the south of Israel. But Abram was coming from Egypt and from Egypt, the is north. Abraham Mobinu was a walking man, but says that this walk was not just a physical geographical movement. Maybe that's why we inherited also that part. We move around the world, and that's kind of like in our DNA. We settle in a place, we feel part for like two, 300 years, and then on we are to the next station. That's how our history has been almost always but that's not just a physical thing that with the Jews move around there is something spiritual behind it there is a meaning there is a reason Abraham Bovino was moving up says the alter not sideways not from south to north on planet earth but from south to north on planet myself inside of my soul elevating myself now what does it mean to elevate yourself in your soul so in order to understand that he says the following, look, we got two souls. We have two identities within one entity that we are. We have an Ephesus of Amis, a physical soul. That's basically the biological force of life that has its own agenda and needs. Not good, not bad. We're not making a judgment. We're not calling uh, high or low. We're just saying the definition. It's an animal. That wants to survive. And it's programmed. Um, it has a genetic programming. That tells it what to do. In order to keep on surviving. And the keys, The godly soul. The deeper consciousness. Your inner search for meaning. That voice that tells you. What's right and what's wrong. Before you even read it in any book. That inner higher human ability. Of connecting with Theoretical questions and searching for the meaning of things more than just eating, and and more than just like you know getting the food, eating it, processing it, etc. Instead of that, wondering why, what is the meaning? How should I do it better? Is it correct? Is it not? Now that nefeshalikis that searches for the connection with Hashem, living inside of that is searching for the next piece of stimuli. Stimuli, say say, um, they're kind of in a contradiction, but they happen to have to share a roof, the same roof for 120 years, and they're together. Yeah. And so the Nefeshirikis feels like in jail inside of the Nefeshavamis, because just like a person inside of a um, um, sack cloth, you put a person inside of a potato bag. And, and the person will not be able to move comfortably. It will be like, his moves will be clumsy. If he tries to grab something or to write and he's grabbing the pen through the bag and like it's all weird and clumsy and, and it doesn't work out. Okay, that's how the Nefesh HaLekis feels inside of the Nefesh mamis. It's as if the, the godly soul speaks to your animal part and, and the animal translates it in a animal way. You're like, hey, What's the meaning and, and the time? What's the, you know, tam means the meaning and the reason, but it also means the taste. So you ask your Nefeshavamis, hey, what's the time of life? And the Nefeshavamis answers, Coca Cola and Doritos, give me a hot dog. And you're like, no, 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 you don't get my question. You know, like when you ask Google and the machine is like talking to you, you're like, no, 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 you don't get it. I'm saying something deeper, something human. Oh, you mean eating. The Nefeshavamis only understands the, the practical and animal part of it. As long as it gives me benefits, social position, money, survival, uh, hiring my survival rate, that's fine with it. And the Nefeshavamis wants to elevate itself, wants to connect to something higher, but it has to do it from within the Nefeshavamis. You know what's the example that Treve brings for this? The known, the famous quote from Gemara there are certain quotes from Chazal that the Rebbeim Poshet loved they fell in love with and they quoted over and over I would do a thing like a, like if I had a, I don't know a database with all the Memorim to see how many times is this or that Memor Chazal quoted in the Memorim I think this is one of the top ones um, the Gemara says mm-hmm. the Ganev the Thief at the entrance of the tunnel, before he gets into the, you know, sneaks into the house to steal, he calls up on Hashem, he davens to the merciful one, he davens to the evishter to help him be able to steal. Which means, if he didn't believe in Hashem, that Hashem can actually help him not get caught and and succeed, he wouldn't have stolen. So believing in Hashem made him become a Ganev, how does that work? Yeah, that's exactly how golus looks like. How being in jail. The Nefesha says, I really love Hashem and believe in Hashem. He can be next to me at every step of the way. And the Nefesha Mami says, like, great, now we can still. You see, he will help me because I believe in Hashem that's with me in every step of the way. And it's not even wrong. <laughs> He's quoting you. So if you're Nefesha are right, then I'm right too, says the behemoth. And then Fischelke's rolls his eyes and was like, "Oh, there we go again." The Gemara tells us even a worse story, a story of a guy that that, that um, borrowed money from many people, and then whatever didn't end up paying. And one of the one of the people who got hurt by this told them, "You see, I, I didn't give you the money. I didn't lend money to you. I lended money to your tefillin, because the guy would wear feeling the whole day." Back in the day, the the, the most Tireshomayim people, the higher level, the most spiritual, they would wear tefillin from the morning to the night. They would take it off by Shkia after Mincha, and they would wear tefillin the whole day. And this guy was wearing a tefillin the whole day, so that's why I I, lent the money to you, because I trusted you, because I see you with the tefillin. So the tefillin took the money away from him. Of course not. But the guy using the tefillin as a thing to get trust, and at the end, Etc. Etc. You get the point. And broadly, the example of the Gomorrah wasn't the first and not the last example of such thing. That's what it means that your nefesh sheloqis is in golus, in exile, in jail, inside of your animal soul, inside of your nefesh And walking, as in Avram, would walk up and up. Means going away, walking away from the wheel of the hamster, walking away from the forever not-ending loop of being a slave to my bestiality and like using every concept I use just for the benefit of my own ego, and turning and tossing, turning and tossing everything into the convenience of my yetzer that's what Abraham Mabinu managed to do. He walked. He walked out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is the narrowness. The narrowness of the perspective of the Nefeshabamis of the Echahara. That's what it means that Abraham was a walker, a mehalech. This reminds me of the story that I tell a lot. I also have this thing that I have a bunch of vertlach and stories that I like the most. And I use them like my favorite Lego parts to build the different... Ideas. There is this story with a with a masculine, uh, member of the Enlightenment movement, that came to challenge one of the Hasidic rebbes, one of the early Hasidic masters. It's a famous story. He was the Talmud of the Lubliner, He was the, the Rebbe, the teacher of the famous Kotzke Rebbe. In any case, a Maskil came over to him and said, Hey, why is it that you're called a big Tzaddik and I'm called a big Rosha? At the end, bottom line, we're the same. You do what you love, I do what I love. I love eating, you love praying. <laughs> I love eating a Yom keeper, Treif. And you love davening to God because it makes you feel complete inside and elevated. And I see you by the Tish, you're singing with vehicles and happiness. So don't give me whatever. You're doing your Tavis and I'm doing mine. Just because your tibis happen to be legal according to the Torah and mine are illegal according to the Torah, so that means you're better than me? Come on, be honest. And I really love the chutzpah of this masculine because they bring us such deep and wonderful pearls of knowledge. They extract the best juice of the tzaddikim by being chutzpedik. And so, Lebsim Chabunim looked at him and said, you know what, you do have a point. We're the same. We're both big bad tibis. I have to be honest, I love what I do. I love Hashem and I enjoy every moment of life that I can be here, connected with Him. But you know what? The difference between you and me, what defines defines me as a tzaddik and you as a rasha is not what I'm doing or what you're doing. Not where you're holding. It's something else. The difference is that you got stuck at the very first layer, at the very first level of Tzadik, just like an animal the type is that a regular simple creature can appreciate and I had to break so many Taives to get to the Taive that I'm holding at right now. In other words, what what defines good or bad, it's not the absolute value of the level where you're standing, but if you have moved or if you have stayed as a static creature. Every other Creature Hashem made every other star, planet, tree, animal, rock, anything, malach, angel, whatever there is out there, they're all static creatures. They all, they move around and they fly and they walk and they breathe, but they're programmed and they only do what they're programmed to do and they don't go out of their little line. They're static. They are when they were made and that's how they started their existence, their life, and that's how they will end it. They don't advance, they don't change, they don't modify themselves, they don't walk. That's what it means to be a Jew, to be a walker, to be like Abraham the walker. (laughs) I'll give you a physical example, a modern Gashmi example. It's common talk now, um the fears or the i say hashash the the people are wondering how we're going to deal with ai with artificial intelligence you know we have made intelligent smart computers that do amazing things for us like fly us around the world and out of this world and connect us overseas and over time and space and it's like incredible but at the end of the day, we're making these computers smarter and smarter to the point that they're almost already programming themselves to become better and smarter. And what if it gets out of hand? And what if they eventually do control us? What if they become more powerful than, than our human consciousness and then we lose the battle to the golem we ourselves have made? That's a moral question that's going around in real forums, like in universities, and people who develop this technology are discussing these issues. It's a serious thing. It used to be only a sci-fi topic, and now it's a real issue. And and it is a real question. But you know what? We, in Judaism, we're dealing with this question already for thousands of years. Because what's the difference if the machine is a substance outside of you, or if the machine, like a computer made by you, that now thinks and overcomes your consciousness? Or what's the difference if, it's, if it is your own inner biological computer made by Hashem that overcomes your logic and your spirituality and your search for transcendence and spirituality? What if we end up living our entire lives like the robots? What if the robot that takes over my life is not the AI, but my own AI shebekid <laughs> my own artificial intelligence, my artificial nefeshabam is my artificial biologic... I call it artificial because it's made and it's programmed. It's programmed by from above or from nature or from a human being, but it's not chosen with a consciousness. That's a difference between being a robot, being an AI, or being like Abraham Obino, someone who walks out of his limitations, someone who dares to break the jail of himself, because like we always say, according to Chassides, you're the princess in jail, and you're also the jail itself, and you're also the owner of the key. But the only thing that will define if you're free or not, it's if you will actually apply, press gas on your own decision-making process your inner decision-making process of choosing to grab the key open the thing and for yourself from yourself or not and then comes the million-dollar question in the mind: <laughs> what if I can't what if I'm trying and I'm so like <laughs> it's insane because at the end what puts you in jail is not the the the, the cage itself but define inside of your consciousness whether I'm going to have the courage to use the key or not. And if I can't, comes out there and says, first, let me tell you why you can't. That's why the Tehillim says, and it's interesting because Chassides doesn't emphasize Davke, the sins and the punishments and that part of Tehidoh. And yet here, yes, because this is the real meaning of sins and why they're bad. That's what sins are there for to put a stick inside of your wheels so you can't move. The Tehillim says, my power has, um, uh, what's it called, um, got, has gotten weakened because of my sins. When you do an Avera, what you're doing is basically as if you're confirming the fake AI, Label of the Nefeshabamis upon yourself every time you do a sin, you kind of convince yourself, Okay, I guess this is who I am. You see, if I do A every day, then I am an A person, if I do B, I'm a B person, so I guess this is who I am because I, you know, I, I do Nefeshabamis stuff. That's a problem with the Abebes that they get into your mind and they convince you that that's who you are, and now you're gonna have a hard time reaching out for that key the averse themselves weaken you to the point that you can't realize they have the key or that you can't uh, you don't have the courage to go grab it or you're scared to turn it around and then perhaps not know what to do with the freedom of being yourself what's the solution for that what do we do with that (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm after. it's after the fact, you know? Like, I have already weakened myself with Tavares. Now what? So I sit and cry that I can't be like a Ramavino? No. That's why we got the Teiro. That's the meaning of Matan Teiro. The giving of the Torah in Sinai was the giving of Hashem's light and power and energy for you to break out of that jail. The Teiro, if learned in a certain way, the people will see soon in a minute, is what gives you the godly energy and that's why the, you see, that's why the mekubonim, the chachomim, they use the word oir, light, to refer to Hashem's power, to Hashem's hashpo'o, influence to the world. They speak of the oir, God is called the oirenzoif, the infinite light. And then uh, the whole Kabbalah is speaking about like lights, oides going into vessels. Why do we use the word oir? Because... In our world in our world that is made to give us metaphors for understanding the premiums of it which is Hashem's light we see the way the Sun works and the Sun gives light now that light t- turns into energy for example for the plants that then grow thanks to the photosynthesis so basically learning troyo is the spiritual photosynthesis of the soul it's using the godly light as energy to grow to grow out of your own time. but in order to do that you need to be connected to the high level of troyo you need to connect to the infinity of hashem you need to be able to get a little outside of yourself zoom out and look at yourself and at reality from above. This is like the example of that Josie, don't remember who it was, that came to the river for the first time. And he he flew from Russia to, it was one of the first commercial flights, I think in the early 60s. Um, And he was like all excited, you know, he he, he took a plane, like the first time, for most of us is like, we did it as a young kid or teenager and he's like, wow, you're flying? But then it was a bigger chidush. And he said, just like the Baal Hashem says, that from anything you see or hear, you have to learn a, a lesson in a way that's Hashem. So he's like, this was mamish, a big lesson in a way this Hashem. The plane took off. All of a sudden it flies higher and higher and higher. And the things look smaller and smaller and smaller. All those buildings, all those things that look huge around you, now all of a sudden they're tiny. But then, again, you, you, you fly... To the destination, and then the plane goes down and, and approaches and goes down and further down until it touches ground again and it lands. And now, again, the world is bigger. <sighs> now, this world, this system, this reality, this nature, this format of existence called me, called Nefesh Abamis, called human psychology society sociology which is the psychology of societies and how people work and how societies move around and how we determine the the moral values of our lives and you see that's the way it works and that's the way things are and the world is too big and scary and you know if everyone around is corrupt and that's the only way to be successful then i guess i gotta do the same because we're all in the same boat etc etc all of those thoughts they all break apart. They all fall apart when you take off. When you connect to the, highest, to the higher light of Hashem, when you connect to a higher perspective, you look down and you're like, huh, you big world, you big system, you typical way of human reactions. You seem like big. You seem like the system that rules it all. But you know what? I have seen you from above and you're tiny and I'm not afraid of you. That's what it means. And that's what and that answers an amazing question. Why do we do all this thing and it's boinenus and meditation and learning khsidas and speaking about spiritual things and Kabbalah and stuff? If then at the end of the day you have to go to the kitchen, cut salad, you know, you eat, you poop, you go to work, and you're anyways a physical animal. So why play this game of like trying to be elevated for a while and then go back to reality and then elevate yourself and then go back to reality? The answer is very simple. You don't have to stay up there. You don't have to stay up in hanging in the air. But if you at least give yourself the ability to transcend and to elevate yourself to a higher and most more ruchnius perspective of yourself and of reality, then when you go back down into your structure, you're not addicted. You're not given over. You're not an automatic slave to the Workings of whichever system it is you belong to. You're human, you're biological, the computerized, the technology, the society, the human civilization, or whichever thing it is, you're free. Why? Because you're connected to Hashem above. Because you're connected to the Savior of Because you managed to become transparent to the godly light that now shines through you. And that's the meaning of Matantoiro. Matantoiro wasn't the giving of the law. was the giving of the infinite light of Hashem into the soul of a Jew to make him forever able to tap, to reach and tap into that infinite power that lets you break beyond and above and transcend the limitation of your own self and be able to be a, a porter of a higher light of a higher union. And that's what makes us Jewish. Abraham Mobinu managed to do it by himself. We use the power of the Torah, but the idea is the same. First, don't believe your own jail. Second, dare to open it up and walk. And once you're walking, don't ever get tired. Keep on walking because Hashem and His path is infinite. Thank you very much for listening and we'll hear each other again next week.